0: Do you want to know how amazing people connect? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to
1: Marketing with Russ, aka hashtag RussSelfie.
0: Like what you hear, please share.
1: Special thank you to our sponsors of marketing with us: Independent Merchant
0: Brokers and Financial Freedom Wealth Management Group. For more information about Financial Freedom Wealth Management Group and their financial services, go to financialfreedomdfmg.com. And for more information on Independent Merchant Brokers and their credit card, debit card processing services, go to independentmerchantbrokers.com. And that's it. Here we are live. It's a Marketing with Rush hashtag hashtag Russ Selfie every morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time and on Thursday. So Monday, Thursdays, Marketing with Rush with Russ hashtag Russ Selfie. I'm not Russ. uh, Scott Smith here as the substitute host, but we've got uh, Robin Dreek this morning and uh, you want to look inside people and connect. You're going to find a lot going on. Let me just put up for a moment. uh, We've got his Amazon page right here. And uh, we'll put the link into the chat because you'll want to get his books. Uh, You can see we've got several of them here. And we're going to talk about all of these, including being a um, U.S. Marine, FBI special agent, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Robin... Uh, as we were having. And and here's the cool thing. Uh, we had a chance to talk beforehand and and I got a glimpse into something that is way cool. And I am not going to miss the opportunity to talk about Neil deGrasse Tyson, which is kind of funny because we're here to talk about Robin, but um, you have your own show. You've got Neil deGrasse Tyson coming up as a guest. And so uh, let's talk about that for a moment, then go back into your background and how you got to be doing what you're doing today, which is, by the way, way cool. So Robin.
1: Yeah, uh, thanks. <laughs> Good to see you, Scott. I loved your intro, too. Anytime you get an intro uh, and, and a show host that's being substituted in by the Blues Brothers is awesome. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah, I got Neil deGrasse Tyson come on my show in a couple of weeks. I'm doing the interview on May 23rd, and his episode will be out uh, that next Monday on May 29th. I am, as you can see, I'm lit up my, I am really excited as well. <laughs> I feel like I pulled off some sort of big coup. I have no idea why they said yes. So I'm kind of like pretending it, I I'm pretending I'm the guy that can, of course, of course he's coming on my show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So like I said, this is, you know, you, you just say, well, Robin, is there something you'd like to uh, focus on? No, no, no. Just, uh, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson's going to be my guest. And as Whitney says, wow, that's exciting. And, uh, but I tell you what, uh, forget, forget Neil. He's not on the show today. He's done whatever it is he's done. And, you know, uh, watch Robin's show and learn all about him. But today, Robin, let's talk about you. Uh, we were talking about you grew up in, in New York, uh, in the, in New York state, but uh, people in, on on this side of the continent, you know, we just think of New York as New York city, uh, but you didn't grow up in the city.
1: Nope. I was born in in New York City, actually one of the few born in Manhattan because my dad grew up in Hell's Kitchen down there during the, well, he was born in the 40s and my mom grew up kind of in the area that I grew up and then she moved down to New York City. They met at, he was drafted in the Marine Corps and they met, I was born six months after they were married (laughs) and uh, they moved to where I wound up growing up in a town called Putnam County, well, in a county called Putnam County and a small town called Carmel. And that's where I grew up, basically in a sticks in the woods, about an hour, hour and a half, two hours north of New York. And yep, it was, it was a tough, it was a tough upbringing. Two parents, no college education, barely any education at all, and very young. My mom was 21, my dad was just turning 23. And there you go, They hit go and make make a life. And then uh, uh,
0: you grew up and uh, went into the family business, put on the the Globe and Anchor yourself.
1: Yeah, that was, that was, was yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. You know, so we'll go to Neil deGrasse Tyson for a second. So his predecessor was Carl Sagan. And when mm-hmm. I was growing up, we had a friend of the family that was United Airlines pilot. And he had been a pilot there in the Navy. And his I love me room in his house was so cool. And my parents had no money. I, I didn't know I was poor until later on. Um, matter of fact, for a number of years, we heated our house all by wood. We chopped wood literally to stay warm during the winter and had to chisel our way out the door in the morning because it would freeze overnight wow and so when you grow up like that when you go to someone's house that has a little bit more you're like that mm-hmm. is so cool and so between that and and the space shuttle program just kicking off and carl sagan i want to be an astronaut this was my big thing in life so i went mm-hmm. to the naval academy well i took an extra year to get in the naval academy I had to take the sats like seven times get the minimum score I, my my catchphrase and everything in life is recruit allies, forge trust and recruit allies. So I had to recruit allies my entire life. And so I get in the Naval Academy after an extra year and you don't let a guy that had to take the SAT seven times major in aerospace engineering. That was a recipe for disaster. I failed out of aerospace (laughs) engineering. Um, Navy pilot fell, fell by the wayside because my eyes went to 2030 and now they're 2020 again. And so back then they couldn't correct them. And so I wanted to go in Marine Corps. Um, Very good humbling experiences with learning what I wasn't, and that was I was not a natural-born leader. I was a natural-born, resilient, self-starter, gritty guy, which is about self, but leadership's about others. And so that was learning how to balance that dichotomy between self and others, and then went in the FBI. And so I got out of Marine Corps 1997, and I was at Paris Island as my last duty station. I was down at boot camp as a series and company commander down there, and... FBI signed New York field office, got assigned to work counterintelligence, recruiting spies, basically Russian military intelligence slash GRU, and had a phenomenal group of people that taught me how to basically sell the toughest sales, this toughest product or service in the world, which is American patriotism to Russian spies who Mm -hmm. buy your product. So that was, and then I took over our behavioral team and did a bunch of other stuff before I retired.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and uh, just so everyone knows, how old were you when you retired? Because uh, you still look like you're thirty five.
1: Yeah, so you can retire from uh, the feds at fifty, and I'm so I'm fifty i We'll be fifty five in a couple of weeks, months. Or right this year. Well, uh,
0: and I'll just speak for everybody. Thank you for your service in in both uh, the Marines and the FBI. Uh, and uh, turns out so that this uh, this recruiting spies uh, is not just a just a movie thing.
1: No, it's a real life thing. I literally, I call it the hooky, spooky spy stuff. I literally did that. I was one of the, it was very unusual. I only, again, hindsight, when people start asking you to tell stories or something, did I realize what an amazing group of people I worked with. Because when I went in, our squad, we had about 10 or 12 folks on it half of which had about 25 years in the FBI, all in that squad. And the senior people these days, the senior people, the ones kind of hanging back and, you know, kind of directing everyone, these people, you had a sprint to keep up with them. They were so operationally active. Mm -hmm. We, and it wasn't just recruitment operations, which is the primary thing you do. You try to recruit intelligence officers that are trying to subvert our national security. Other than that, though, we're also doing double agent operations. So we're actually covering dead drops and fake rocks and all that stuff and setting up cameras everywhere to try to catch the Russians coming in and then picking up and doing oh, just amazing stuff. We had double agents. We did false flag operations, uh, espionage investigations. As I said, all the hooky spooky spy stuff did it a sure. lot, a lot.
0: So just uh, as I mentioned, you, you've you written uh, a number of different books, uh, but these are all nonfiction books. Yeah. And uh, have you ever thought about uh, turning some of these into a, uh, uh, an updated uh, Tom Clancy, you know, based on actual events?
1: Yeah, maybe. I've been asked that before. Yeah. The challenge with writing fiction is that there's a lot of people in that genre. And since I suffer, like many people suffer, uh, impo- not I don't suffer imposter syndrome. I suffer, I'm not good enough syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'm working on another nonfiction right now. So but yeah, I'm tinkering with it because there's lots of fantastic stories. matter of fact, each one of my books follows a lot of the operations I was doing. They're mm-hmm. fictionalized. They all went through pre-publication review in the FBI. But yeah, there's a lot uh, of great things I learned because of the things I got to do, which comes down to when you're in this world of trying to recruit spies or competent human sources. Believe it or not, it's all about trust. It's all about good, healthy relationships, free of subterfuge, free of manipulation, Mm-hmm. I know how to do all that. I call them carnival tricks where you get people to tell you their date of birth and their pin numbers and their social security numbers and but it, that's you get all those things forged <laughs> but use on. for good. I'll just, yeah. I'll just say use for or good. Some people can use it for bad and it's really sure. easy to see how you know the dark people in the world will use social engineering in a manipulative bad way. And because you know how it all works, because people ultimately want to feel safe and they're going to act in their own best interest. And if you know what safety looks like to them and what their best interests are from their perspective, and you offer resources in charge in terms of their pain points, Mm -hmm. and they can trust you because you're open, you're honest, you're transparent, and you're vulnerable, that's a recipe where we might have a relationship. So.
0: Well, it's uh, a just to give you a background, <laughs> so uh, a, a brief background about me. So I was in the Air Force and uh, worked uh, uh, radio intercept. So Ooh. I went to language school at the Presidio of Monterey, studied Korean, uh, and then went over to Korea, and um, we spied on the North Koreans. Just, it, But in this case, we were just gathering radio intelligence, and then we transcribed that and sent it off to the... National Security Agency in Fort Meade, and then the analysts would do whatever magic it is they do to try to figure out what was going on. But um, it was it's real-life stuff. So mm-hmm. when I was there, uh, the nice thing about our job is it didn't change wartime to peacetime. Uh, but I did talk to the guys on the that were on the radios because the North Koreans had uh, these Soviet SS-20 surface-to-air missiles. Mm-hmm. And they're radar-guided. And they would lock on to whatever was flying by, including uh, at one time uh, an SR-71 Blackbird out of the Clark Air Base in the Philippines, and it was flying up along the coast. They locked onto it and actually fired one of the missiles Hmm. at it. Now, the weapons officer jams the heck out of the thing, and uh, the SR-71 Blackbird flew faster than that missile, so the missile ran out of fuel and fell into the ocean, but... Um, I talked to the guys that were on the radio those days, that day, and uh, this is real life. And so we, you know, I kind of joked about saying, oh, it's, is this, this isn't just uh, TV or movie stuff. This is real life. And so uh, in the Marines, I think we understand that a little bit more. Uh, But the FBI, here you are in the FBI. I mean, you, you must have been in physical peril
1: as well eh, at times. um no? probably only during mostly probably during 9-11 believe it or not so i was in new york during 9-11 mm-hmm. and i i watched eight people jump because our our office was about eight blocks from the trade center six to eight blocks down wow. 26 federal plaza and so i i was there on the street when the uh, plane hit the north Tower. matter of fact right behind me here is a piece of the glass from the trade center right there oh um, my goodness I, and so I saw eight people jump from the North tower, uh, as a South tower was hit with the fireball. And so mm. inhaling all that stuff down there. And I had an engine from the plane that hit the South tower land about 30 feet from my car that was parked on the street. So that was, I was more peril that day than recruiting spies. So unlike what you see in Jason Bourne and, <laughs> and double Oh seven and stuff. No, there's no shooting spies. It's, it's a, it's mostly a, a highly educated individuals that are trying to fill information gaps um, for economic priorities of their country. And so these people are are really, really highly educated. They're all working at the United Nations. Well, I'd say about 95 to 98 percent of them are under diplomatic cover. And they are just Mm -hmm. sucking up every bit of information that they're targeted to do most of it through human intelligence, which is them recruiting sources to get the information they want. Most of the information they're gathering is open source as well. But when you source it to an individual in a position of knowledge, it becomes intelligence. And so trying to gain access, trying to have a dialogue and a conversation in terms of something you can offer them where they might want to have a relationship. That's the challenge. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, it's, it's just, just, um, Is a, is a point for, for folks, too, uh, about intelligence. Uh, and, and in some cases, the, the information that you gather seems mundane or meaningless, um, but you still don't want to share it because the source is really what's important. And so we think, oh, you know, we, we hear these different things from the government, and it's like, how come they won't tell us what they found? It's because that source
1: is too valuable to, to, to compromise. 100%. I mean, one of the, one of the many cases that goes on that you are strategizing that is a number of years ago, matter of fact, some people think it's the, the Netflix show, the Americans was based upon the Russian illegals that the 10 of them that got kicked out. I was part of that case. And, you know, the debate that went on internally was, do we, do we, take these people down do we arrest them because it'll start it'll potentially jeopardize sources of methods we were using that actually identified what, how we found these individuals and so you mm-hmm. got to be really really careful um so yeah it's but th- we got a good prisoner swap out of it too which was handled by a good friend of mine uh, whose agency so we work very and, and and here's the other thing that is much different than what you see in the movies also People, One of my best friends in the world is a CIA case officer. He's a retired clandestine services officer. He's on the news all the time. He was a station chief around the world. And when we were in New York together in 2002 for a bit, we did a lot together because it all comes down to relationships. And so that's, you know, mm-hmm. when, when you're talking in the world of marketing, talking in the world of sales, kind of translating how this all comes over, it's really pretty simple. And that is all human beings are exceptionally predictable. We're always going to act in our own best interests in terms of our safety, security and prosperity for ourselves and those we care about. And if you're offering resources in terms of those pain points people have and they can trust you to keep them safe and trust them that you have their best interest at heart above your own, that's going to form a potential relationship. And I have these four keys of communication. I love to share these because what human beings fail to do most of the time when we blow trust, we blow a relationship is that we are not talking in terms of the other person. We're speaking in terms of ourselves. When mm. I, when I first hit the Marine Corps in my first duty station, I got ranked dead last out of all the other second lieutenants. I was 14 out of 14, very humbling moments. <laughs> you know, I was a popular guy, you know, gregarious outgoing New Yorker, you know, but I was all about me because mm. I was, had a lot of grit and resilience and self-reliance because that's how I grew up. I needed to take care of myself to feel safe. A lot of us do. But if you're going to be in leadership or sales or anything where you need to reverse it and make about others, we don't understand the language of this sometimes. But if you can include one of these four things I call the four keys to communications, really simple. Number one, seek the thoughts and opinions of others instead of sharing your own. Mm -hmm. Number two, speak in terms of their priorities, challenges and pain points in life instead of sharing yours. And three is the critical one of all situations Seek to understand them non-judgmentally, validate them, and be curious. Discover who they are. Discover what path they're walking in life without judging it. And if you don't agree with someone, that's your opportunity to move closer. This is about non-judgmental validation. Four, you empower people with choices. If you do one of those four things and everything you say, everything you write, every Zoom call you have, the entire shift goes from you, goes to them. Their brain starts rewarding them with all the pleasure centers are firing because you're demonstrating that you see them you're present and you hear them and you're curious about them. In other words, you're safe and that makes them feel good about who they are and you value them. So you do those four things, that's the reversal.
0: Well, as a motivational listener, I can say that those four things are fabulous. <laughs> and uh, hopefully we'll uh, get those on the screen here uh, because we want to, we, uh, won't people take notes because uh, this will make their life better today and in the future so there's a free course on it if you
1: want if you want me to mention it, i'll tell you where to go to get please, it to. please so if you go to my website peopleformula.com all one word peopleformula.com, the pop-up window that comes is i put it on udemy it's a free udemy course there is zero upsell udemy does not give me your email address i don't get anything from it and it's right. 40 minutes long it's that I put a lot of time into getting that together on there. So if you want a free course, yes, there's a link to my podcast. That is the only upsell on there, and the podcast is free anyway. So it is a great free course, and so I really highly recommend you do it because this is about the language that some of us are lacking in our lives. So reverse it and make that focus on others, and you can apply it to every single thing in life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So peopleformula.com, people can go there and get the course. So let's talk more. We 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 started the the show off with a a teaser saying that on your show you're going to have Neil deGrasse Tyson. So yes. say that again. Neil deGrasse Tyson will be on the show <laughs> uh, with Robin. So make
1: sure you follow him for that. Um, and, and, and we talked and, about and, the background. And, and, and I'm sorry, Scott. Please, Let me go ahead. Uh, uh, I think it's, here's what's really fascinating about that, too. And this is about understanding human beings and giving a baseline. I was curious when I read his book. So his recent book that came out is Starry Messenger. And so here's a, a, a astrophysicist. And you're thinking to yourself, what's an astrophysicist got to do with a human behavior? I ran hmm. our behavioral team inside the FBI. I consider myself, while well, others consider me a behavior expert guy and a guy. So what's that got to do with making a connection? And this astrophysicist, let me tell you. When you give yourself a cosmic perspective of humanity and you get that not a 50,000 foot level, a 1 billion foot level of where we are, yeah, you get a level of empathy I have never seen in another book. Hmm. And it was really, really profound because it's a deep level of empathy and baselining not just one individual, a town, a group, but a species of human beings. You can He's, he's basically through his great storytelling ability baselining human beings of what normal looks like, of what abnormal is, which is nothing abnormal because everything's on a continuum. So it's just a really good read. And right. so as an astrophysicist, I found it one of the best books on empathy.
0: You know, it's interesting because um, – I, I, and I fully agree with this. If you want to be a good marketer, don't read marketing books.
1: Right. right. <laughs> Some, yeah, <laughs> just, someone asked me about human behavior. If I, Robin, I want to be, become a human behaviorist. What do I read? Yes. All. <laughs> oh. You know, half the stuff I read or is yeah. for my own knowledge that of my own curiosity, the other half, because this is the book, this is the list behind me that from this year, I, I consume mm-hmm. a vast amount. And the other half of what I consume is what the people around me consume. If right. a friend of mine, you know, so say, Scott, you tell me a couple of books you read, like I see freeze behind you. I, I see it. If you tell me a couple of books that you've read that have meant a lot to you, and mm-hmm. we're going to have at least one more contact, I'm going to read what you've read.
0: Interesting. Because it'll Smart help me, me. understand
1: it'll help me understand you at a deeper level. Help me understand your context, how you see the world through your particular optic and lens. It'll help us communicate better. You know, we're doing it before the show. Where'd you grow up? What did you, you know, I'm dying to ask you what the spark and and passion was earlier in life that inspired you to join the air force, you know? And so that was, that's a question. As soon as you said that I wanted to zero in and, and, Mm -hmm. and go into my curiosity mode and say, discover what caused that because that would then be a great way to make a connection.
0: And that's following those those uh, four principles that you have. Uh, can you restate those four? Because you bet. Uh, I want people to. And I'm just going to uh, write this down, uh, record, do whatever it is. So go ahead, restate. Number those. one:
1: seek the thoughts and opinions of others instead of sharing yours. Two: speak in terms of their priorities, challenges, and pain points in life instead of sharing yours. Three be non-judgmentally curious. Discover who they are. And if you don't agree with someone, this isn't about agreeing with them. Get closer. Understand. Because here's a guarantee. Everyone around you puts a lot of thought into what they're doing and who they are. So Assume that and get closer. Walk a mile in their shoes and do so non-judgmentally. And four, empower them with choices. And so when you do one of those four things, the reversal goes from you being centered, from me centered to them centered. And their brain just says, yee <laughs> <laughs> So oh, we talked and, a little bit about- And I'm sorry, one more thing. Congruency yeah, we- is really important here. You just can't, you can try to fake it, but People pick up on it. So when people make us feel creepy, we get that creepy feeling because there's incongruence mm-hmm. between the words that are being said and the emotion that we have. So we want to actually be curious from in here, really try to make that connection, be very deeply understanding of someone to get closer. And so having that congruence is, makes it genuine, sincere, and organic.
0: So Robin, we talked about your background. Let's talk a little bit about what you're doing now because I think based on this, people are going like, wow, this Robin guy, I want to I want spend some time with them. So how do people work with you? What are you doing now? And um, let's get your contact information.
1: You betcha. Um, very simple. Mentioned it once already. And, and I saw Russ put it up on the screen for you all too, which is great. Thank you. It's peopleformula.com, all one word on there. So, I, my, my, so it's all scaled up. Thanks, Russ. All scaled up scaled up from anywhere from the free stuff which is my podcast which is forged by forged by trust it's out weekly and i have spies spy recruiters entrepreneurs c suite executives all the all those folks on there talking behavior behind trust and how to have great relationships and then i have it's on the youtube channel i also got the free course i have paid courses on there as well there's three of them there's the we are all based on my books i have the three books and then i have coaching which is, you know, personal coaching and mentoring um, by me. You can find out more about that on the website. The my big one is I'm a keynote speaker and presenter as well as trainer. And so all those venues and access points are there. But yeah, if you just want some free stuff and and and, and also my style for engaging, listen to the looks listen to the podcast. You'll see how I do what I do and mm-hmm. and if we interact, you will. And also if you look at listen to the first one, listen to the one I came out today. You're going to see a vast difference because you want to get better at what you do. Record yourself and then edit yourself. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know,
0: uh, in in the green room, we were talking about that uh, entrepreneurial spirit. Mm. And one of the things, uh, one of the beliefs that I have is is that uh, if you are not embarrassed by your first release, you waited too long. (laughs)
1: that's a good point perfectly said absolutely scott You go back and
0: think oh my gosh what what was i thinking
1: (laughs) i want to i want to redo it so bad
0: (laughs) so who are the uh what what kind of groups would you talk to what uh people want to get a hold of you and bring you into a group what yeah what's what's a great message
1: so my message is really simple. It's recruit allies You know, for every single aspect of our lives. Recruit allies by forging trust and creating good, healthy, strong relationships for sales, for C-suite executives. A lot of finance groups have me in just because it's about good, lengthy, strong relationships. I take people because that's what recruiting allies is or creating allies. It's moving people from transactional relationships into sustainable, great growth and innovative relationships. And so it's making people feel safe to do those things. And so if you're struggling either yourself as an individual, you as a group, and organization, and your message is we need to have better personal and company branding because we need to be able to communicate better and create great allies and alliances in life. That's what I do.
0: And uh, I'm going to put these back up. Um, So it's not
1: all about me. Look, look at look at the number of reviews on that one. Isn't that crazy? I, that's my self published one. That just a thousand fifty three uh, reviews. Not bad for self published. Outstanding. Yeah, that, <laughs> it's because it's short. <laughs> it's only <laughs> it's a, it'll only take you about three or four hours to read that or listen to it. No doubt. <laughs> I love it.
0: I love it. Sizing people up. This is a lot of what you've been talking about. Yeah, is... so sizing
1: people up is about understanding how someone else sees a relationship. I'm sorry, Scott. I didn't mean to interrupt you.
0: No, no, please. Yeah. That's what I'm I'm hoping. I want to hear from you. (laughs) (laughs) Code code of of trust.
1: trust. Code of trust is about the behaviors that we need to exhibit to inspire people to trust us. Mm Sizing people up is reading the behaviors in others to see if they do trust us. And then it's not all about me. It's really about 10 techniques, a quick report. It's about setting that first mindset and and brain pattern for all right. It's not about me. I need Mm -hmm. to let go of that and just be about others
0: and people formula workbook oh yeah i got
1: work so i have my workbooks are on there just because when i do um teaching and trainings i i put together a workbook and for people to follow along and i i use a version of the disc assessment personality discernment Mm -hmm. instrument um to do to to kick it off and so that's my version of it in there um people can buy it on their own generally i i just purchase those when i do in-person training so if anything of four hours Mm -hmm. or longer but yeah it's there nice and, uh,
0: the people formula workbook. So that's, that's, that's version one, okay. version two is better.
1: Yeah. There you go.
0: Okay. This is right here. Uh, I'll just tell everybody, just, uh, go here, hit add to cart and, uh, you can go one, two, three, four add to cart. Life is good. Perfect. <laughs> Great. Especially that first one. There <laughs> we go. Robin is, as we, as we wind down, uh, what is the, what's the final word? What's the last nugget
1: you'd like to share with folks before
0: we sign off here?
1: Well, besides make it about others by using the four keys of communication, make sure you hit subscribe, you hit like and share this show with everyone in your network. You know, Scott and Russ put a lot of time in. They put a lot of effort. I mean, just that intro reel alone took a lot of bandwidth. So I was really impressed. And so if you can share these great episodes and share this great show with your entire network, because that's what's really important, you know, to validate all the great stuff they do to prep for you all. And so show that love. Thanks very much.
0: Fabulous, fabulous! All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, send you to the green room, hang out for a moment, and we'll wind this show down. Awesome. Well, this is Robin Drake, and uh, fascinating background. Uh, just a lot going on. Get the books. Get his books. Go to Amazon and uh, add to cart. Uh, read them yourself. Maybe you want to send us a gift to somebody. That uh, just building relationships. Lots of great information in there. And tune into his podcast. Forged by Trust and uh, peopleformula.com. He's got a free course there. Hey, uh, Scott Smith, I'm the substitute host today. Thank you to everybody who has been praying for Russ. Uh, He's having a little reaction, a big reaction, I guess. So uh, he's having a reaction to the infusions that are going on and uh, wasn't able to come on today. Uh, My privilege to be able to to sit in. But uh, I just want to remind everybody Russ's show marketing with Russ aka a hashtag Russ selfie Mondays and Thursdays 8 a.m Pacific time YouTube Facebook and LinkedIn and then uh, also tune in for his uh, market or his show Russ reels uh, Thursday afternoons 4 pm and of course join us for the experience live with Russ and Scott on Wednesday mornings, 7 a.m. Pacific time. So you got to get up early on this side of the continent. And a half hour before that, we go live on Instagram with Sri Mahabur. We love spending time with Sri. So uh, join us for that. And with that, we're going to sign out this episode. Cheers. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Marketing with Russ, a.k.a. Hashtag RussSelfie be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss a single episode. Have an amazing day.